Today on episode number 50 of the Marketing Musician Podcast, we're going to talk about picking your band's name. That's a segment from my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. And we've got some heads up on seven deadly sins that musicians are committing on Facebook and Twitter. It might seem like a lot to make it happen today, but give it all you got and you just might find your way. Just make the music and you can choose to tell the world just You're listening to the Marketing Musician Podcast at marketingmusician.com. All right, hello, you marketing maniacs. It is I, your smiling host. Jammin' Dave Jackson, author of the book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement. That is available for couch change, people. Go over to Amazon.com and uh, just type in, get your band out of the basement. It'll pop right up, and you could be reading that on your Kindle right now. You can also go out to our website, marketingmusician.com, and you can get the book there. You can also take the class, Building Your Band's Website. Now, I, I need to let you guys know, if you are a person who does not have a website for your band, please send me an email, dave at marketingmusician.com. Put the title Quick Start in the subject line, and I will actually more or less set up your website for you, give you a free access to the uh, class, because I'm going to be redoing some of the tutorials, and I basically need a, uh, you know, I need to show somebody being made from scratch. So if that interests you, let me know, and um, everything you need about us, you can find out at our website, marketingmusician.com. I want to give a, a shout-out to Allison Cunningham, who went through the Building Your Band's website. You can find her at Sarkood, that is S-A-R-C-O-O-D.com, and um, she's got some recording dates booked here. She's got a, uh, a new video and she's got some things on SoundCloud when I go out to her website. She's got a gallery going on. And um, very cool stuff. If you want to see uh, what somebody who's gone through that class can do, go over to SARCOOD.com. And she sent me a note. So Dave, found this article called Seven Deadly Sins Musicians Are Committing on Facebook and Twitter. Thought you might like it. And uh, I thought I would uh, share this with everybody. So that's it's... Really, the concept of the podcast is just anything you find cool, anything you find good, uh, you know, any tools you're using, any ways you're connecting with your fans, just share them here. So uh, this is um, from uh, the DIY Musician. It's basically from the CD Baby blog. And the author says, in 18 months, I've gone from checking in barely a couple of times a week to deal with a handful of interactions, to spending up to 12 hours a day monitoring and managing over 100 interactions seven days a week. And um, they say that they are using Chrome for the ability to permanently pin tabs to the browser window. That's interesting. I'll have to figure that out. And uh, so here's tip number one. if uh, It's a deadly sin, which is promoting without providing value. And it's one of the biggest no-nos that exists on every, really, social media platform. It's one thing to use your page to dutifully inform your followers that you have new music or videos or shows coming up. But 
completely another to ram the self-promotion stick so far down their throats that they get rushed to the emergency room with a ruptured spleen. So to be clear, it's perfectly fine, even advisable, to post your links several times a week to achieve maximum reach, but for every promotional post you drop on your page, you must post three to five pieces of valuable content to break up the noise. Believe me when I say your promo po- your promo posts are noise, contributing to the deafening roar of that ceaseless waterfall spilling down your followers' timelines. Just like you would, uh, just like you would when writing and producing songs, try to blend a variety of elements, in other words, content types in your marketing mix, and above all, be both sparing and tasteful with your promo and the impact will be far greater. If you actually give people things to read, they're going to be more likely to read your stuff. But if it's nothing but, you know, look at me, 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 they're going to like, okay, I've, I've heard that tune already. Now, number two, uh, we actually talked about these, both of these tools we talked about in a previous episode, posting at the wrong times. So we talked about Twiriad and we talked about follower wonk, which is just fun to say, follower wonk. Um, where did we talk about that? Um, maybe we didn't talk about it. Maybe I was going to talk about it. I'm looking for this out at the website. I could have sworn we talked about that. But anyway, what they are, just in case I didn't talk about that, uh, posting at the wrong times, you can use tools like Twiriad. Um, and I'll put links to these out in uh, the show notes. Out on our website, you can go to uh, marketingmusician.com and then just add a forward slash five zero. That's right. This is episode number 50 of the Marketing Musician podcast. And um, you can find links to Twiriad and Follower Wonk. And what these do, they basically allow you to see when people are reading your tweets, when they're uh, looking at your Facebook, things like that. So you know when to send. It doesn't do any good to send a tweet at 2 o'clock in the morning if nobody's up. Right. The third tip here, third deadly sin, being generic and self-indulgent. And, um, you know, there are just tons of examples of self-promotional garbage that currently pollute social media. Uh, They're crammed with tacky buzzwords and cliches and dollar signs and highly questionable claims of of the house being on fire. Right. So people will feel much less like you're trying to sell them stuff and much more inclined to buy your stuff if you present yourself as genuine, unique, and legit about your music. Why not show a little personality and package things up with a joke and a wink? Who knows? People might even end up loving you. Yeah, here's the thing about saying you're the next best thing since sliced bread. I'll give you an example. There are people in the podcasting space that are ruining podcasting because they'll say, oh, yeah, we get, uh, you know, whatever, 2,000 downloads an episode. And so somebody will say, okay, well, I'll give you X amount of money to have your ad appear on an episode. Well, the truth is they're getting 200 episodes, 200 downloads a show, not 2,000. And so consequently, the people that paid you money to sponsor your podcast get almost no return. And then they go, well, podcasting sucks. I'm not going to sponsor this thing anymore. And they go around telling people, yeah, they had 2,000 listeners, but I got no return on my investment. So it's it, it's killing podcast advertising because people are over-exaggerating their ability, their reach, things like that. And it works the same in a band. If you say, look, man, we, we're going to draw, we draw a good 100 people every show. 
and you draw 10, they're not going to book you again. If you can book 10, say, I, we can bring in 10. But it's 10 people that drink a lot, right? Why not? Um, here's another one. Irregular post patterns. I am guilty of this. I'm trying. I've, I've been doing better the last couple months. Um, my problem right now of posting regularly is my wife is just going through so much stuff on, on her health. And uh, it just, you know, family comes first. So, but in a world of uh, brimming and unpredictability, it is inherent human, inherently human to find comfort and security in routine. The daily routine of uh, a nine to five job, a weekly routine of exercise at the gym and so forth. So many musicians are guilty of neglecting this golden rule and often just posting when we feel creatively inspired or having something exciting to say by failing to form regular posting habits on your Facebook and Twitter pages. You are putting up a barrier to entry for a large chunk of the population. If you leave your audience hanging with no idea when they might hear from you next, what hope can they have of forming any kind of lasting online relationship with you? You've painted yourself as unreliable. So let's not forget about Facebook's very own vigilant citizen, the edge rank algorithm who takes great pleasure in punishing you for failure to provide regular content to your own fans. I say F Facebook, but that's me. The bottom line is to, to keep your content regular and give your audience a fair chance to connect with you. And if that's too difficult to manage your busy schedule, um, you got to check out Buffer. I use Buffer. And what it is is I'll sit down and I'll find cool stuff to tweet out. But the problem is, with me at least, um, I don't want to send everybody 37 twits, twits, tweets um, because I found a bunch of stuff. So I use Buffer to basically space it out over time. And you can find my Twitter at Musician Podcast if you want to follow my... I don't tweet a lot, and that's actually where I say I'm guilty of some of this stuff. A fifth sin telling the what, but not the why. Again, no real issue with people promoting your content. I mean, how else are people going to find it if you don't tell them about it? But don't expect people to care unless you give them a reason to care. Tell them what you want to click on. That's a great start. But about, how about telling people why they should click on it? Um, will your new video clip teleport me back to the late 80s and my days as a cheeky schoolboy spending his lunch money at the local video game arcade instead of going to school? Will it give me glimpses of the hardships endured by a 20-something hustler out of Brooklyn? So let's say this again. Don't expect people to care unless you give them a reason to care. Treat every single post as an opportunity to reveal your character and your interests. Share your unique value proposition. Um, what is different about you and your music? And intrigue your audience with what makes you, you. All right, number six, forgetting that your timeline is a shop front. Now, the state of your Facebook and Twitter timeline is the first thing I have to judge you when I drop on your page. If your Twitter is a mess of personal conversations and in-jokes, a lot of people are just going to bounce out. If it's a string of ugly links and Tarzan-style chest-beating promotion, a lot of people are going to tune out. If your Facebook timeline is composed of nothing but pictures of your stupid cat in different colored lace bonnets, you got it. A lot of people are going to be leaving. It says, make a habit of looking at your timeline a few times each week through the eyes of a brand new follower or a fan who is trying to make up their mind about you. Does your timeline accurately depict your story? Does it spark curiosity and make you want to find out more? So 
Number seven, this is uh, adopt the strategy, the same strategy for Facebook and Twitter. That is a sin. This is definitely not the least of these sins. But when you treat your Facebook and Twitter page as equals, they're just not. Instagram pictures look and behave beautiful when posted to Facebook, but appear nothing short of hideous when pushed through Twitter. Hashtags can be used to create great effects on Twitter, but let me catch you dropping those soulless, italicized knots and crossboards into my Facebook feed, and we got a problem. Rather than simply linking your Facebook and Twitter accounts together, which again is possibly one of the worst crimes against social media there is, and posting the same thing at the same time, learn the difference between the platforms so you can capitalize upon their strengths. There are many, many unique characteristics of both platforms, and having a good understanding of these can dramatically improve the reach and reception of your content. The guy's name who wrote this is Jaden Social. You can find him at Jaden, J-A-D-E-N, social.com. I'll put a link to that out at uh, the website as well. And uh, he's got a book called How to Market Your Music on Twitter. And uh, I will have a link to that. Also, out of the show notes, just go out to marketingmusician.com forward slash five zero school of podcasting we're going to start off with some quick podcast success stories again podcasting is opening doors to people you're connecting with your audience so you're getting to know them a little better subscribe now at school of podcasting.com all right and in today's segment this is uh the audio version of my book get your band out of the basement and again you can find that out at marketingmusician.com Today's little section is about picking your band name. Here we go. So you've got all your band members, and now it's time to pick a band name. Here are some things to think about when it comes to your name. While you want it to be catchy and creative and help build your identity, you need to keep some things in mind when coming up with a band name. Sad, but true. When I was in high school, I was in a metal band. We wanted a name that brought up images of power, strength, and kicking ass. Unfortunately, the name of the band was a word that did not exist. We figured if you're the person that goes around denying people, that would make you a denier. Well, this word technically does not exist. Look in the dictionary. It's not there. And it's going to drive any spell-checking device nuts. Everybody looked at us and said, what's denier? Then we'd say, no, it's denier. We thought we would fix this and, and put an accent over the Y, you know, D-E-N-Y kind of accent E-R. We once played a club and they booked us as Denver. People expected us to sing Rocky Mountain High. In general, pick a name that exists in the English language, if that of course is your language. While a band name can help those that don't know your group draw an opinion, eventually you would like your style and charisma to define the name. You should take some time to think of the name. You've got plenty of time while you're practicing songs in the basement. Eventually, narrow it down to a few choices. Ask your friends and get other outside input. Then pick your name and stick with it. You want to stick with the name. There's no sense putting good hard work and sweat behind a name only to switch it in a few months. Here's something to think about. Go to the internet and see what is available in terms of a website for your band's name. You can go to sites such as GoDaddy.com 
to see if the URL, now the URL without getting too geeky, is basically your band's website, your whatever whatever.com. So go see if the URL of the band's name is available. If you can decide between two possible band names, you might want to check to see if the band's name as a website address is available. And if one is available and one isn't, definitely pick the website address name as your band's name. So if you have uh, Jim and the Flippers and, you know, the uh, the Clowns, and you see that the Clowns is taken, well, then you might want to look at, you know, jimandtheflippers.com. You want your band's name as part of the web address. It makes it easy for your fans to find you. And it's also easy to announce from the stage. So when is it okay to change your name? When you suck so bad that your name is associated with the word awful, then it's okay to change your band name. And there you go. I lost it. I was watching uh, Dave Grohl do the uh, keynote at uh, South by Southwest. And and I think it's in that movie, too. He constantly says Foo Fighters, one of the dumbest names ever in rock history. If you're interested in that, go out to marketingmusician.com. We've got all of our contact information. If you've got a uh, microphone plugged in, you can leave a voicemail there. You can call in your comments, 888-563-3228. Leave a comment out at the blog, all that fun-filled stuff. And again, looking for somebody who needs a website. If you're looking to have somebody install WordPress for you and a couple other things, uh, would love to hear from you. Email me, Dave at marketingmusician.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let me remind you that for those who have money, well, you know, there's therapy. But for the rest of us, there is music. Hallelujah. Stay cool, everybody. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Marketing Musician Podcast. Woo! Woo!